living, living full and well, and well, well, well is put together. We feel it. Take care, Take care of ourselves. Hello, and welcome back to the Wishing You Well podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Amy Albero, founder of Revive Center for Wellness. And I'm Catherine Van Eyck. We're both licensed therapists and wellness enthusiasts. At Revive, we are passionate about holistic practices to help you live your most authentic life. And we started Wishing You Well because living a well life isn't as simple as it seems. Because wellness isn't one size fits all, and it can be overwhelming to figure out where to start, we're bringing all the pieces together so you can figure out what fits best for you. Each episode, we'll discuss a variety of different topics, ranging from taking care of your mental health, navigating relationships, nutrition, fitness, mindfulness, and more. Before we get into our main topic today, we want to start with some announcements. Yes, we have some things going on at Revive we're excited to share with you all, including an upcoming group for couples all about communication and conflict resolution starting in February. So more details to come about that. If you are in a relationship, definitely stay tuned for more. And we also have an upcoming drop-in support group for moms on the first Tuesday of the month, beginning in February and running all the way through June. So more details to come on that too. And Amy and I have loved giving you our therapist perspectives on Reactivity TV. So what we have decided to do going forward is to give you full episodes up on our YouTube channel. Uh, And this week's Reactivity TV is all about unhealthy relationships, of course, Uh, just unhealthy relationships in TV and movies. So that one is up on our YouTube channel for you to check out. Yeah, we have tons of hot takes uh, to share with you. Um, But uh, before we get into our topic, we both wanted to really thank you for being here, for listening, um, for being a part of our community in this way. Thank you for following us on um, Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, rating us and reviewing us. If you are not already following us or you haven't given us a rating or written a review, please do. We'd really, really appreciate it. It helps us know what to discuss here on Wishing You Well and also helps get the word out and broaden our audience more. Um, but with that being said, we are ready to get into part two of unhealthy relationships. Yeah, let's do it. And let's, let's kind of recap our last episode. First, uh, we did talk about indicators of unhealthy relationships and a lot of them. Uh, we talked about power dynamics. We talked about Gottman's four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, we talked about compromises and sacrifices in relationships, and it was a lot. It was a lot. We had a lot to say. It was a lengthy one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so great for whoever hung in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you know, I I think there 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 is so much to say. Or there there was, of course, last week so much to say in defining what makes a relationship healthy versus unhealthy, healthy unhealthy versus hard. Um, but the thing, and, and I think because it is so complicated to figure out what the difference is between those two. And, um, it's not like we had said last week, like black or white, it's not actually that simple. And it could pose a lot of questions around like, okay, so what do I do with this information? I was nodding along with you a lot last week. And I noticed a lot of these 
things within my relationship. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, does this mean my relationship is doomed? Like, does this mean um, like I should break up with someone um, or, or like, what am I, again, what am I supposed to do with this information? Um, is it something I can even change? And so like, we wanted to continue that conversation, like through that lens this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there's, there's so much to do with that information. Cause it's not just one answer. Oh, your relationship's unhealthy. You must break up right now. Um, and even if that's the answer, even if it is, you should probably break up. It's really hard to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, we do want to help you get there if that's where you think it's headed. Um, and we also want to help to delineate between, well, if it's not going to that point, when, when, or if it's not at that point yet, when do I say when? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Knowing when to say when is is really hard in, in anything we do in life, right? Like when it's time to end a relationship, when it's time to leave a job. And, and I think what makes it so challenging is there are so many factors to weigh. And when I might say when might be different than when you say when. And again, we're trying to look for, I, th- I think many of us lo- want to have kind of a simple checklist to know the answer. And it is a lot more complicated than that. And that's why, like, as therapists, our favorite answer is often like, it depends. And so, <laughs> and as- it also, it also depends on, um, like you said, it could be different for me than it is for you. It can also be different for me in one relationship from uh, to the next. You could say when very late on in a relationship in one relationship, and then say it very soon in another, especially if you realize, oh, this is where this one's headed. I mm-hmm. can see it. Right. No, that that's such a good point. And and that I mean definitely lends itself to maybe life stage or maturity or experience as you're saying like in relationships. And so yeah, that that that's true too. It's not even one size fits all for us. Um that things do change and can change and and our hope today in discussing this isn't isn't necessarily to like tell you one way or another, but to maybe come up with some questions to ask yourself to help you come up with the answer that you are needing or you're in search of right now or maybe in the future. Um, so that's, I think, our goal today is to help help you think about this maybe differently or, or look at it from different angles than you might be doing already. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so let's kind of start with if you're not at a point where you've decided it's time for me to end the relationship, but you're seeing some of these unhealthy experiences, traits in your relationship. Let's start with when do you know if you've exhausted all the possibilities and trying to work on the relationship? Mm. Well, I guess, I guess the first thing, as you're saying that, I, I do. Okay. So I was just thinking, as you were saying that, like, there's a benefit and a drawback to having experience in relationships that when you're new and new in relationships, and and maybe you're not as practiced in relationships, you might try and, and do, and try to work things out, um, more than you will, um, maybe later when you've kind of like gone, um, gone, gone through relationships that haven't been as healthy or haven't worked out 
your threshold for kind of like wanting to work things out is maybe shorter or smaller. And, and there's benefits and drawbacks to both. Like your patience might, might be thinner, like if you have a lot of experience. And so you might be less willing to um, try possibilities. And so I guess, I guess with the caveat would be, have you, are, are, how, did you just see this, this one thing and you want to cut and run or did you, have you thought about actually addressing this um, at all? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Right. Like you've, you've seen the, you've seen the things that you don't like the things that point to it being unhealthy and have you actually even tried to change them? Mm-hmm. Address them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be like the first thing is, is did you um, consider like trying some, some possibilities in addressing these things that you're noticing, um, whether it's within yourself and the way that you're communicating or in the person that you're with and the way that you're being communicated to the feelings that you're having, like, have you, have you brought those up? Right. Well, and I like that you changed what I said from change to address, because you're right. It's not that it's all on you either. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's something that we want to point out too, is that you're working on this or you have, if you're going to address something, that's 50% of it. Somebody Mm -hmm. else has to address it too. The other person in this relationship. Mm -hmm. So even, even considering that if they, if you're working on it, but they're not, that's, that's going to be causing you a lot giving you a lot more challenges Mm -hmm. than anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, I think I I wanted to be purposeful in addressing it because first we need to raise the issue, right? Like, um, and, and, and that opens up the the conversation around, is this something that you both are open to changing or working on or, um, finding some sort of like solution or compromise too. Um, so I guess that would be like the first piece of it is like, ha- what, ha- what have you tried um, or have you tried? And then what have you tried? Right. Right. Also, how much, how much time has passed since you've been trying to address these things? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that, that really matters. I mean, you could, you could have addressed this, a year or two ago or months ago. And again, that timeline of change and wanting something to shift can look different for everyone. But if you're dissatisfied with, with things still, and a lot of time has passed, that's just giving you more information about the longevity of this relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, that's also true. And I think I think it comes with, and I, I imagine we'll touch on this later, but I also think along with the possibilities you've tried and how much time has passed, um, like what are your expectations around how quickly things will shift? Um, because I, if I'm in my mid thirties right now and um, and someone is bringing up to me a pattern of communication that has been a part of my interacting for most of my life, it's going to take more than one conversation or like one run through of um, like 
like us kind of like working through something for it to kind of like stick. And so I, I just wanted to like throw that caveat in there. I'm just seeing, I'm just making things more complicated. No. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton <laughs> of patience <laughs> that goes into that because no, you're right. Especially um, if you've either like been in relationships before. And so it's kind of like, this is like, quote unquote, this is you in this really in relationships. That's so hard to break those patterns for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, an age can totally play into it, whether you're in a relationship or not. It, people do get stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, But I, I guess the other thing um, to kind of consider is what, are you willing to continue to endure? Um, and like, how long can you, can you kind of like tolerate um, things being the way that they are? Um, and, and I guess along with that, and why is that? Like, why, why does this quote unquote work for you? Why are you willing to kind of, um, endure this if you are willing to kind of continue and kind of like, ride it out and see what happens to ask yourself why and where that kind of motivation comes from as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like using an example from an indicator that we talked about last week um, with lack of trust. So Mm -hmm. if you, if your partner is having a hard time trusting you and they're checking up on you pretty often and let's just say that like they want to see your phone, they want to know where you are at all times they want to know they want to be reassured all the time that um that they can trust you but you're feeling but they don't trust you um and it's something that they're working on and it's something that they're trying to feel a little more reassured from themselves rather than from you giving them x y and z answer that would help what it, and, and this is something that's different for everybody too. This is why this is so difficult is what are you willing to continue to endure mm-hmm. when it comes to this? Mm-hmm. What are you willing to continue to do in the relationship as a result of this lack of trust? Right. Right. Well, and, and how, and I, I was just thinking, like thinking through that example and thinking about and again, my my reaction to this is is based in my personal feelings and my experiences. But if it came to a point where I was then growing so resentful of my partner for continuing to ask me, and it was like kind of creating more problems, um, or that it was impacting my quality of life, kind of thing, like to feel as though I needed to constantly like report to someone, or that like truly like someone couldn't trust trust me or trust my efforts um and it was impacting the way that i feel about myself um then then that also might be an an indicator that it might be time to to leave the relationship right right going back to this idea of like working on things mm-hmm. um have you ever had someone sit in front of you and say like the like they're the ones with the issue. Like they're the ones that have, like, they're the ones that 
like suck at communicating. They're the ones that like are taking all of their emotions out on me. It's like, I don't, I'm not the issue. Like I'm not the problem. It's them. Like how, how do you, what's your take on that? Well, it's funny you say that because even as, as we started to talk about this, I was thinking about just Mm buy-in and like when people often come to couples therapy Sometimes, sometimes they've had these conversations, right? Sometimes they've had these conversations like we have something to address. We want something to change in this relationship. We want it to be different. We want to be together. We just don't know how to get to a point of like where this is really going to work. So let's, let's go see a professional. Let's go, let's go figure this out. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes one person who can be really fed up with what, how things are going can get enough buy-in to get their partner to therapy. And yet it then just becomes a pointing fingers game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're here because of you. We're here because you have something to change, like you said. And that happens all the time. Even when couples do have uh, an understanding of their problem, their the two of them, their problem, that there there ends up being this blame game all the time. That it, it, it often there there is a lot more. Well, they have something to they have something to work on, or I mean, this has probably happened to you too. But you have somebody coming to individual therapy who tells you, "I'm here because my partner told me to come," mm. because I have. I have X to work on. Well, and I think on the other end, what, what I also, yes to that for sure, but I've also have, have plenty of people who um, come in and much of the, much of what they want to talk about is related to the um, challenges that they're experiencing in their relationship. And it's essentially like doing relationship therapy with one person. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I've, I've, I mean, oftentimes I'll say like, it sounds like you might benefit from working with a couples therapist and, and that reaction of like, but it's their stuff they need to work on. Um, and so like, is it ever truly one-sided, like one person's issue? No. Don't you think? No, of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Say, say more about, about that. I mean, because like you said, like there's, there are two people in this relationship and, and even if let's say some of the indicators we talked about in last episode are coming from one person, the other person's still in the relationship. The other person's either still uh, either enabling it or 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 just just contributing to it to some extent right not not necessarily by igniting the flame right but by feeding into the flame a little bit sometimes mhm mhm right because we're we're a product of like w- when we're in a relationship we're feeding off of each other you're not in the relationship in this vacuum it's you two and your environment but it's you two and you're in this little dance together 
Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and maybe, um, maybe the way I was just thinking about like the way that someone, even, even if it's quote unquote problematic, like the way that someone might engage with you might, um, might, I guess, like elicit something in you that like engages back in a way that like is unhealthy or like trigger some of your, your own stuff, whether that's people pleasing, like I'm thinking back to the four horsemen um, that we talked about last episode around, like maybe your reaction um, to something is to disengage or to kind of like go on the defensive. And, and that's why I really appreciate um, Gottman's uh, research around the four horsemen is that they do describe them as almost like reactions to one another and um and so when there are unhealthy dynamics it's not like they are necessarily like calling out one person they're calling out essentially like the interaction between two people yeah and so i i guess i wanted to make sure that we touched on that because it's not necessarily like um like the nose goes game of like who's the unhealthy one not me um (laughs) (laughs) um but but like it's and and I guess it's not even about who is unhealthy in the relationship. It's about the dynamics maybe that are unhealthy in the relationship, which I guess depending on some of these things about like if the dynamics can be kind of like improved or worked on, um, the relationship can become healthy. It's not doomed because there are unhealthy dynamics in the relationship, but perhaps what makes a relationship unhealthy is kind of continuing to remain in something despite like what we were just talking about, like despite trying a lot of things, um, despite it kind of continuing to come up frequently, despite it um, really impacting you and your well-being and your mental health, your quality of life, that would be unhealthy, mm-hmm. right? Like that distinction between dynamics and the relationship overall. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 like you said, it's not the person. Mm-hmm. You know, like we do that all the time. And when we're talking to people about problems and we don't want to make or point to a person as the problem, we want to point to the problem as the problem. And so in doing, doing that while you're trying to figure out if this relationship can sustain is, Mm -hmm. is, is really important. Right. So I was talking with my husband about this this morning and I was letting him know what we were going to be talking about today. And I asked him like, so what's your, what's your take on like, um, on unhealthy relationships or like when it's time to, um, break up and and things like that. And he, he had a really good insight that I also like wanted to share, um, and he he was kind of talking about how a lot of times you can almost predict the the health of of like a relationship or its dynamics based on um, like the intention someone had when going into the relationship, like what their mindset was or their framework was around dating. And so we've talked about this in in other ways, like um, whether it's like in reactivity TV when we talk about the Bachelor franchise, or when we're talking about you know uh, navigating through a breakup and things like that. But depending on where you are in life, um, how you're feeling about yourself, 
um, what you might be looking for in a relationship, um, in a partner, might be directly correlated with how you feel about yourself, maybe your view of of what you think expectations are in a relationship, and that all of those things might really set you up for um, for. I'm going to use the word failure, but I more mean like dynamics that just don't work for you or for a relationship. And so I think that piece of it is was really interesting is kind of thinking about why, like what were my thoughts and expectations going into this relationship? Um, how have they like helped, how have they contributed to us getting here um, is part of what I'm reacting to based on, again, my expectations or what I thought I wanted or needed in this relationship um, slash like what I think I quote unquote deserve and all of that stuff. Um, and I know we'll get into some of that a little bit more, but I was, I was really thinking about kind of that mindset around dating um, and how like we might, when we're dating, like we we're definitely in a different frame of mind than when we're in a relationship, but that doesn't mean we don't carry those same kind of expectations forward into a relationship. And one thing that we talk about a lot in reactivity TV are expectations um, and the importance of communicating those and how sometimes what can contribute to the lack of health in a relationship is not really being clear about what it is that you want or need in a relationship. And it can lead to a lot of these patterns and, and challenges. And so like, I, I guess, I guess why I thought it was, it would be good to bring that up is to, if you are in a relationship and you're kind of like seeing these kind of unhealthy dynamics to really reflect on your initial intentions and expectations when you were dating slash getting into this relationship um, and maybe if you're not in a relationship um, and and you are actively dating right now to really take a minute and get clear about those things, about what it is that you want, what it is that you're looking for, um, what have you experienced, what have your learnings been and how you can kind of apply them forward um, for the health of your future relationship. Um, and so, yeah, just wanted to throw in his little insight to this conversation. I, I love that. And I think it's, it's, it's nice coming from him. I think like, like it's a, it's a great perspective to have in a relationship thinking like, am I at where I wanted to be mm-hmm. in coming into this relationship? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, mm-hmm. right. it could be, it could be time to say when. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. But not having that understanding can, can, or like not having that knowledge about what you wanted to begin with, going into it blind, going into it willy nilly will make it a little bit harder for you to really decipher if, if it's time or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love that little nugget. (laughs) He had a couple more insights that I'll, that I'll share as we continue chatting. Nice. Now, now one thing that is important for us to make clear is that when we're talking about um, how two people are in this relationship, when we're talking about how one person is 
that like could be the the initiator of some of these indicators um, and somebody else is on the receiving end and then goes on the defense and et cetera. Like how we're saying that you're, you're two people navigating this relationship. When we're talking about that, we are not talking about cycles of abuse. So we just want to make that clear because in relationships where abuse is present, what we're talking about today just does not apply at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we'll we'll put resources in our show notes for anybody who is experiencing that. Mm-hmm. Right, maybe recognizing signs of abuse and and yeah, what what to do if if you notice those signs and and resources. I think that could be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's go ahead and take our water break before we get back into this and. This kind of, I mean, this part's kind of the fun part to me. It's like, all right, I think it's time to say when, but now what? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Be right back. We're back. Yes. As you said, for the fun part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we, I think this is the fun part because there's a lot of action to take here. So we're, we want to start with, I... I, you know, I think it's time to say when I'm, I know my relationship's unhealthy, but why am I staying? What's keeping me here uh, longer than I think that I should be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty rare that someone's like, okay, I decided I want to end this relationship. Okay. See ya. Like <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily happen that way. Like first, there's a lot of things to weigh in terms like we just talked about, like there are a lot of factors to consider in order to determine if you even want to leave a relationship. Um, actually, hold on, let me back up and just say the the only reason uh, an unhealthy relationship or unhealthy dynamics aren't the only reason that you can leave a relationship. Like, so I just, I just want to make sure that we do address that as well. Like it doesn't need to be unhealthy for it to not be working. Um, and, and there are plenty of, um, plenty of relationships that end around lack of compatibility. Um, and so like, let's also note that I think those Mm -hmm. relationships are harder to end because, um, there aren't, there isn't like an obvious quote unquote problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's just make sure we say that. And we can have a whole episode around, is it compatibility or chemistry or am I in a rut? Like we can have a whole conversation around that, but just know that you're allowed to end a relationship that's not working for you, even if it is totally healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And yeah, we can totally have another episode on that. Um, or part so two. so part I guess when we're, when we're talking about this, um, the the important thing to note, and and they might they might translate into like relationships that are are healthy but just like not compatible or just not working. But but yeah, like it is hard to end a relationship, particularly when it's unhealthy, and um, and people might do stay in them longer than at the very minimum past the initial point of decision that it needs to end. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to kind of talk through that today, like the why around like the staying and longer than, than we know that then past when we know we mm-hmm. need to leave. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those things, like, like you said, there's a lot to weigh out. One of those mm-hmm. things is sometimes, sometimes you're thinking that the good outweighs the bad that, okay, it's unhealthy, but there are all these other good parts about it. And that seems like enough for me to stay. Mm-hmm. But I think that can also get really um, challenging because what can happen is that like when after we've been in kind of a valley in the kind of like a, a rough spot, rough patch in our relationship, and then we experience like a little bit of good, we get kind of that like dopamine spike that feels amazing and And that is the thing that kind of like gets addictive in terms of like staying in an unhealthy cycle because the good can feel so good, especially after a period of not as great. And so it can also kind of give us a little bit of like a recency bias um, around like the relationship. It kind of puts up some like rose colored glasses in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, yeah, weighing the good, the quote unquote, good and bad, um, as objectively as you can. Right. Right. Well, and I think you can also get, I can look at the relationship through rose colored glasses. If the, there was so much good at the beginning Mm -hmm. and now there's not, but there's, but you're not looking at the now enough. You're looking at the past and thinking that it could be what it was and that, that good, um, you know, like you're, you're weighing it unfairly because that good doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that that probably also comes up when you have been in a relationship with someone for a while. And like, so if you are in a long-term relationship Um, it can be harder to leave because there's this idea that like I've invested so much time in this. Um, I've put so much work and energy into this relationship or we both have. And so like I owe it to our relationship past to um, try to give us a relationship future. But oftentimes like that's, that's not a good enough reason to stay because so many of the circumstances or maybe things that brought you together or who you even were at the beginning of a relationship might be significantly different, different enough to make it a relationship that doesn't function well anymore. Yeah. Another, another reason you might stay knowing it's unhealthy is that you're afraid of the outcome. So you break up, then what? You might be thinking about what it'll be like to be alone. Um, You might be thinking about dating again um, or eventually dating again and what all that goes into that. Well, yeah. And I guess we can't ignore like biology around some of this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I work with a lot of women, right? Like women of you know, in their late twenties or in their thirties, um, who might like, we, there is biology that we need to contend to if, if someone's like goal or desire in life is to like start or build a family. And so there is sometimes I feel here, this fear, which is totally valid of like, but I want a family. And so if we break up, then I need to start 
start over. I don't know if you rem- you're a Friends fan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Rachel's 30th birthday, um, she's sitting there and thinking like, what do I want in five years? I want, I want to be married with a family. Like, okay, I have time. And then you see her kind of back into like, okay, so like we wouldn't need to have kids right away. So like we'd be married for a year and and this and that. And then she like backs out of it and she realizes like, oh, I need to meet my husband like now. Um, and then she I- realizes she's dating tag and she's like, hey. <laughs> right. And so I think that there, that there is that aspect that, that people might feel like they might need to sacrifice um, in some ways in a relationship in order to get something else that they might want in the future. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny that you bring this up because um, I was listening to another podcast yesterday and uh, normal gossip. You know, I love this podcast. It's just juicy fun. And, and they referred to that point in a relationship that a woman will get to as the math instead of using logic, they end up just doing the math. And then they describe the math exactly how you just described it. Um, that like all of a sudden it's just numbers in their head about like time and, and when certain things need to happen by, and that can be a, a huge contributing factor mm-hmm. that like some, sometimes a lot of times, or sometimes a lot, sometimes people end up staying in relationships because they just think that, well, this one has to be it for me mm-hmm. because I'm at that time in my life. Right. I can't start all over now. Right. Well, and a- along with this, I-, I think that we we also need to talk about the societal pressures of women to be in a relationship and what it might quote unquote look like or um, and what it feels like to be, again, at a certain point in our life at a certain age and and to be not in a relationship to be single. Um, there's so much pressure put on us to be or remain in a relationship. That's I, I don't agree with that, but that that is part of a like societal construct that exists that also I think contributes to a the pressure to maybe get into a relationship that maybe isn't right, but also to stay in a relationship that isn't right. Like again, another portrayal in the media. This is like maybe a little bit too like of a. <laughs> of a nuanced example. Um, but I was just thinking about in home alone too, <laughs> we just had the holidays. Um, they, there's like the pigeon lady that lives, um, in central park. And the reason that she's there is because she broke up with, you know, her fiance and now she's doomed to like live this life where her only companions are pigeons and she's covered in, <laughs> I don't remember there. that. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. So like it it feels really scary again for women to be at a certain point in their life and to be unattached. Um so we've had a lot of like conditioning around like like what happens to us when we're single. Um and so um, I- also Christmas movie uh It's a Wonderful Life oh. that Mary would have just been an old maid if she didn't end up with George. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Girls, mm-hmm. a smoke show. Hell? <laughs> right. And so, and so I guess along with this kind of it, like another is, is one of the reasons that you're staying because of some of the pressures that you might feel around staying in a relationship, whether that's society or like, oh, but my family really likes this person or like they fit in so well with my friends. Like those, those could be reasons that people stay like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking about 
timing and in terms of timelines um and and age and whatnot but also timing in in the year like if it's around the holidays or if it's around a birthday or if somebody falls ill or somebody just lost a job any of these kinds of things it's like there's always going to be something mm-hmm. that can delay mm-hmm. the inevitable right there's never a right time <laughs> no never a right time and 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 it's just magical thinking to think that once we pass this mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Then I'll then I'll be at the point. There's there's this podcast that I listened to where I referenced um, I referenced it last week when we were talking. Um, it's called the You Up podcast. It's really good. Um, but um, one of the co-hosts um, often says like beware birthdays, holidays, vacations, um, because like oftentimes if if those things are coming up those those could actually be in some ways like a good time to end things because they can convey like you getting into like a, a more serious part of your relationship with someone than than they're ready for um but i think in the other and on the other sense like from this other angle that's what makes it so hard to end a relationship around those points of times of year because they do hold significance and, um, and yeah, can feel mean, um, or inconsiderate or unempathetic to break up with someone around their birthday. Um, but again, there's never going to be a right time. It's not fun to be broken up with or to break up with someone. We did a whole episode about that. Um, but it is often a reason. Um, again, I, I talked about my husband before he, he, we laugh about it a lot or I laugh at him a lot. <laughs> um, cause he like in his, um, in one of his first relationships, he had talked about how like he stayed in it for like a year longer than he was like, like wanting to, because it was like inconvenient, like inconvenient to break up that it would have been, it was going to be kind of a little bit of a, an ordeal. And given where he was in life at that point, he felt like that would be a lot to deal with, which is kind of an extreme example and also not very kind, right? To kind of also stay in a relationship way past the point that you're that you're ready. But timing is a real factor. I guess I use that mm-hmm. uh, example just to illustrate that it does happen. It does. Um, another, another thing that I think is really important to, to note is that the relationship that we're in might look or feel familiar to, um, a relationship past. So it's kind of like a familiar pattern or a familiar, uh, way of navigating, or it might look familiar to maybe kind of a family really a familial relationship or or something that you you might have learned about relationships or saw in relationships growing up. Yeah, I mean of, often your your re- relationships uh can be a reflection of something that that looks all too familiar that looks like relationships that you've had, relationships that you've witnessed um and yeah, that, that is just a reality because what we're exposed to and what we what we see, we do absorb some of that. Sometimes we absorb all of it. Sometimes we absorb teeny bits of it. And sometimes we throw it all away. Um, but it is worth 
understanding, you know, does this look familiar? Does this look like a relationship that I know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like oftentimes when, at least in my experience, I've had people kind of like come to individual therapy, just, you know, I don't know for not nothing specific around relationships, but we start to kind of like unpack and understand maybe those past learnings um, and how they have impacted their relationships. And and so it's through like some of the self-discovery that you might recognize like, oh, like this is what's going on. And and with that kind of like insight and knowledge and information is is I think when someone gets to this point of like, this actually doesn't doesn't feel good um, to continue in this. And another Another reason, and this is this is a really big one, um, is around self-worth. So thinking that this is what you deserve is a huge reason that you might be staying in this unhealthy relationship. That if you're you're not valuing yourself and you're not your your self-esteem is really low, um, you might be thinking that this is this is the best that you can get. Um, you might not even think that you deserve the relationship that you're in um, and might think that this is as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. I think this this is huge. Like, in, and in a lot of ways, like for me, like based on what I've seen, one of the biggest reasons that, that people stay is really tied to their own sense of self-worth and esteem and and just that like what what they believe they deserve like there there is there is a saying that we um we accept what we think we deserve and and so there is some truth to that that's not that's not universally true but there is a lot of truth to that um and you know whether it's a way a way that you're feeling about how you look physically. And so like, I, you know, don't, don't have the right to be picky because I look a certain way, or I don't have the right to um, a certain type of relationship because well, in, insert the blank here, but, but that's really, really common um, and can cause us to um, kind of like, whether it's remain in a, an unhealthy relationship or in, in any relationship and and I think more than that, like kind of tolerate um, some unhealthy dynamics mm-hmm. or unhealthy ways of being communicated to or um, with. I touched on this a little bit, but I, I do think that that concept of what people will think about um, a breakup is really important. <laughs> um, and and. Okay. So I think, I think there's like, this might be really silly, or maybe this is like a little bit too much of me, but like, we let people into our lives in such a public way now based around social media, most, not everyone. Um, but like most, most people I'll speak generally do kind of publicize their relationship with someone, whether that's like, in a in an Instagram post or or whatever, and so what happens when you break up and you essentially need to notify <laughs> notify your who who's following you or the people in your life 
um, that you've had this relationship status change, you know, you like, and, and, and I don't know that people actually are looking or like, Ooh, I noticed that so-and-so doesn't have their, but a boyfriend in their picture anymore. I wonder what happened. I mean, maybe some people notice, but we might feel like people will notice this kind of like relationship status change and that concern about what people might think about it um, on that angle is is big. In addition to kind of what we, what I had been talking about before in that, like um, people might have a reaction to us ending this relationship or that the relationship is ending. And that can be enough of a, like an ordeal to kind of um, not want to have to deal with um, because kind of we're, we're, which is obviously not healthy in and of itself to kind of let the opinions of others kind of rule and dictate what we do, but people, we do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and especially when you're not airing all the dirty laundry about the relationship Mm -hmm. as the relationship's been going on, on social media, wherever you're or like while you're with people in public at mm-hmm. different functions that what people are seeing is probably the the glossy pretty part about the relationship mm-hmm. um and so then having that run through your mind too like well everyone's only seen how great this is so because i've made them believe that and now now what are people going to think? Right. It's it's almost like this idea that you need to like do your own relationship PR mm-hmm. or something, even though you you don't. Um, but there's this this maybe like feeling that you do that you mm-hmm. owe a response, like owe an explanation to people, mm-hmm. or um, unrelated to. Um, putting the relationship out there in the media, you could be worried about what your family is going to think for other reasons. Like you've been in multiple relationships before, let's say, and now your family is going to think, like you're thinking that your family could think like, I can't keep a relationship. Um, I only enter relationships that are unhealthy. Um, And that that can be so powerful that family influence and that family perspective and staying in a relationship that doesn't work anymore just to uphold that that judgment or mm-hmm. to like, keep that judgment at bay mm-hmm. oh for sure i mean and you're and you're thinking and and the way that you're saying it is so polite like I think it's like the, what's wrong with you? You can't keep a, you know, relationship like that might be a little bit more extreme, but mm-hmm. when, when we're having maybe anxiety around other people's reactions, we're not, we're not very, as we talked about in our anxiety and social anxiety episodes, like we're not very rational when we are thinking about other people's reactions to us. And so we go to like the the biggest extreme of like what ima- when we imagine what people might be thinking or how they might react to us, we go to an extreme of like, you're a loser. You can't, <laughs> what, what, what are you, what are you doing in these relationships? And so like, again, that worry or fear about how other people might think of us um, can a fuel like our own, like um, low self-worth, like we talked about before. And then again, keep us kind of like stuck in. 
And and we kind of said this with um, looking at the relationship through rose-colored glasses, but um, leaning into the comfort that there's still some comfort in the discomfort of having an unhealthy relationship for, I mean, a ton of reasons we've already listed, but to just be in a relationship sometimes can feel comfortable, um, even with all of the parts about it that are wrong. Absolutely. Well, and it's also like, okay, like the comfort in what you know, versus the discomfort of the unknown. Yeah. For sure. Like, okay, I know this isn't great, but I know what this is versus like, I don't know what a next thing's going to be like, or like what being single is going to be like. And so, yeah, that, that comfort and the discomfort is so spot on. Mm -hmm. Next one's a big one. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you are in a relationship where you, where you have kids together or kids are involved that is a huge reason that that people stay for better or worse. Um, and um, when you have other people that you feel responsible, that you are responsible to, that that are directly impacted by your relationship and and your vision or worry around like how the 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 breakup can impact them, you might stay. You might stay longer. Mm -hmm. And, and this one's so hard for people to grapple with because for so long and, and still, you know, if, especially like when it comes to divorce, like there's, there's a stigma even with how, how many people get divorced now that like when there's kids involved, there's just been a, a message to kind of force down everyone's throats around well, it's better to stay together for the kids than to be apart when it's it's not true. It's so much more important to show your kids what a healthy relationship looks like because circling back to another part that we mentioned that they're looking at that. They're you're looking at your family's past. They're or your children are gonna look to you to role to role model. A relationship for them right so yeah yeah can... you're, you're your children's e example first yeah. and primary and probably most important example of what a relationship and what they can infer is a quote-unquote healthy relationship looks like and and yes that that might feel like a lot of pressure and responsibility but that's just the it's social learning that's that's how we're that's how we're we're wired um and so like you're saying Catherine, it it and it can be so much more healthy for your children's um, future, future development and their relationships future to end a relationship that, you know, is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the logistics of it and the, the initial change will be difficult for anybody involved. Mm -hmm. And yet that long-term impact is so much so much more beneficial mm -hmm. if you're thinking of your child and what they're witnessing and how you want to model for them. Right. And, and perhaps kind of going, going along with this in some ways um, are that like 
particularly if in your, you're in a long-term relationship with someone, whether you're married or you live together, um, breaking up it can be expensive or can cause an impact on you financially. And so like, if you are living together and you know, you're now kind of like a two income household, um, like again, making an assumption, but, but most, um, generally that would be the case. And so you have, um, been accustomed to in, in some way, shape or form, sharing the responsibility of being in a home together, whether that's splitting the cost of things or whatever. I mean, there's so much like, um, uh, like meme content around, like, there's no Costco for single people. Like, um, it's actually, it's actually much more expensive to be single than it is to be in a relationship. And so like, there and and again, society isn't necessarily set up um, to benefit single people, and so uh, from a financial perspective, and so it can it can be can feel like uh, it's it's financially advantageous to stay in this relationship, or that breaking up would actually cost me a lot of money, and I can't afford to do that right now. Um, is such a big reason why people stay. Our lease isn't up until six months from now. Like, Ooh, good one, you know. Mm-hmm. Or we have this expensive trip planned together that we're going on. Like, I guess that goes with timing, but all of those like financial implications that that can come into a relationship, particularly a longer term one. Mm-hmm. Another is holding out hope for change. Mm-hmm. People can do that for a really long time, mm-hmm. and like we were saying at at the very beginning that there's, there could be certain things that you're willing to endure and that you might be willing to put yourself through for a long period of time. Um, And that hope that you have that things are eventually going to change is another, is another thing that could keep you in. To quote the great Maya Angelou, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And, and I think that sometimes in relationships, like we talked about this, like as a marker of an unhealthy relationship that like the, like acceptance versus change. And that like, there is this idea that um, maybe someone will change who they, who they are, how they are, but but for the most part, people do show us up front who they are. Um, and yeah, we we do need to just take that as face value. That will save us a lot of time and, and heartache for sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't have to do with us. Like, like when we were talking about what other people think, well, sometimes it's about our significant other that we could be afraid of hurting them that Mm -hmm. could keep us in. Yeah. Yeah. Like breaking up is not easy to do. Um, We talked about that, like in, in our navigating breakups episode, whether it's um, for the breaker upper or the breakup E that like it, it can be, it can be really tough to, to break up with someone. It's, it's not easy to be on the receiving end of that. But again, going back to my husband in his like early relationship, it's also pretty unkind to be in a relationship with someone that you, you know, is not, it's not going to work. Like that's, that's pretty unkind. That's, that's pretty dishonest. That's also, that's hurtful in a different way. Um, And so I think 
to kind of think about that too. I feel like oftentimes, like when when a when someone's getting broke up broken up with, like their first question, one of their first questions is, "Well, how long have you been feeling this way? Like, how long have you been thinking about this?" And and if you were to answer that honestly, like, and it's like you know a couple weeks, like think about what that would feel like to know it's essentially someone's not been honest with you for that long, and that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I think you're being generous with a couple of weeks too. Sometimes it's much longer. <laughs> Several months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like I said at the at the beginning. It's it's rare that it's like okay, no, I need to end this relationship. It's going to happen tonight. Like. I, f- I was just talking with someone about this, like, and they had said, like, historically, it takes me about six months to, like, end a relationship with someone. And I don't think that's uncommon. I think the other thing is, like, kind of going back to when, when we were talking about how other people might respond or how other people think of us, what I, what I had been talking about um, was, like, the worry about what people think, like, oh, they'll think like, what's wrong with me? Um, All of those thoughts, but those are often projections of our own fears or worries about ourselves. And so like, if you're worrying that someone is thinking like, oh, Amy, like what's the matter? You can't stay in a relationship. Like what is, what is wrong with you? Um, That's, that's probably coming from like an internal place, a place that might be more about you and your again, self-worth about like how you're feeling about yourself, your own fears and worries about yourself and relationships. And, and so um, that's probably your own stuff that you, um, it would be helpful for you to kind of like reflect on and think more about. Um, And I think along with that, it's, it's this worry or fear that like, well, if I'm, I'm like this in this relationship, then this is just who I am in relationships. And so like kind of doing some like predicting of the future. Um, and, and that is not the case. Like, so again, we talked about compatibility too. Like sometimes you just put two people together and they bring out these unhealthy dynamics amongst one another, just based on uh, each of your own stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it will play out like this in the future. Of course, take, take what you've learned about yourself and relationships, apply it forward in relationships, and also know that how you are in this relationship doesn't doesn't mean this is how you always will be. Okay, so there are a ton of reasons why somebody might stay. Probably and, more than what we just even talked about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And many of you might be having some light bulbs go off or raising your hands along the way and saying like, this is what's happening for me or I've done this before. Um and and like you were saying, Amy, you know, recognizing these things is only part of it, and that um, a lot a lot of these reasons actually end up being not about the relationship, but about others, um, about something more deep rooted than than just you and your significant other. Um, a, a lot of the reasons that um, that you might be staying, and that makes it that much harder to get out of it. Um, so it isn't, you're right. It's not just, okay, I realized it and now we're done. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, it's also possible that you're 
again, we we go through all these reasons. We we talk about things like, and you're still feeling kind of confused about like, should I should I stay or should I go? Like, um, is this a relationship that I want to continue to kind of like be invested in? Um, because again, it's not not black or white. It's not it's not simple. Um, we were Catherine and I were talking about like or thinking about together some questions that you may be able to ask yourself in order to help you come to um, uh, a, a, a place maybe closer to a decision than you might be right now. Um, something to kind of give you a little bit more clarity. Something to help you overcome these barriers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, and to recognize them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first thing to ask yourself is something that we've we've been alluding to is how is this impacting my quality of life, my well-being? Is this is this taking a toll in how I'm doing physically, emotionally, mentally? Um, and how I'm functioning at work, how I'm functioning in other relationships, how um how I'm showing up for my kids, how I'm how I'm how I'm living. Right. And, and again, asking oh, with that, like for how long and how often do you feel that way? Like when we, when, when, when we think about introducing any type of change, like in, in a therapy setting, we are, we're thinking about this piece is, okay, your, your quality of life's been impacted for, you know, a, a, a longer duration. Like it's time that we, we think about making some sort of shift or some sort of change or doing something different because this is, this is really putting you and your mental health at risk and your other relationships at risk. Yeah. And another question to ask yourself, what would I want my friend to do if they were in this situation? Another, another common one we like to, to ask our clients about anything, about anything that they might be saying to themselves or doing that, that if it were a friend in their position, they would probably feel much different um, mm-hmm. than how they feel when it's themselves. Right. Yeah. With when we're able to kind of take a step back and like see things from a little bit of like an outsider angle, um, we're able to kind of like a see see things maybe a little bit more as they are and not as we think they are or think they should be. But we also are a lot more compassionate. Um, and extend a lot more grace. And so, like, if you, if if you do play that forward, right? Like, if a friend were to come and tell me about something that happened between, you know, her and her significant other, I would be like, "Girl, get out of there!" Like, if that is your reaction, then then really sit with that and think about why why you and and your friend might um, kind of deserve a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to also think about is, do you like yourself in this relationship? Are you showing up as the person that you um, want to be or, and that you authentically are? Um, this is huge, especially, you know, are we our most perfect and the highest versions of ourselves in conflict? Probably not. Um, but but we we can still feel, good about ourselves within a relationship, um, despite conflict being present. And so to really think about how you feel in this relationship and if you are, if you like it, if you like yourself. Mm -hmm. 
and then this one's this one's tough because a lot of the times relationships there are in in relationships there are a lot of emotions and it's tough to separate your emotions from what's logical so what this next question does is what we want you to do is to think about what happens when you put your emotions aside and when you think of it logically and then put your emotions back in how do i now feel about that logical decision mm. Mm. I was, as you were saying that I was thinking about DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. And um, one of the main components of DBT is something that's called wise mind. And uh, what it means to be wise minded is that you are engaging or making decisions that, that, um, emphasize both the logic and the emotion, that it's not either or, that it's not a totally logically based thing, because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, but that it does give equal um, equal consideration to both sides of things. And, and what is most wise um, is when your decision is based around both things. Um, and so I really love that. It is really challenging to do, but but is so helpful. And again, is what gives us wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the wise mind exercise. Good one. And, and what can help you get to get at the more logical pieces um, is to really kind of think about the pros and cons. And maybe you do think about emotions as, as it relates to pros and cons too, um, but that you, that you do weigh it um, in, in that way, kind of thinking about the pros of staying. Um, I, I've, I've with people done pros and cons in, in a couple of different ways pros and cons of breaking up, pros and cons of staying together, um, and and kind of comparing comparing the lists and and then again bringing the emotions back in. Um, and that that has been really helpful at least to kind of see it laid out on paper in front of you. Another question to consider is am I waiting for something from this person that's not possible from them? Mm-hmm. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, like holding out hope or something that's not going to change um, is what you're really wanting out of this relationship not going to happen with this specific person in this specific relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I guess along with that, like, you know, and if, if not um, like going like from our previous conversation, then why am I still here Um, kind of thing? But, you know, in addition to that, too, um, something that we touched on at the at the beginning of of this conversation around like some of the questions is, you know, how sustainable actually is this? You know, how long can I endure this? You know, I always think about like we could you could probably sprint like for a solid. I don't know how long would you say you could sprint for your highest speed? I don't know. I never sprint. <laughs> Although I sprinted to the train station the other day because I was about to miss my train. And that was, I don't know, maybe it was 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but it, I guess you could argue it wasn't a full sprint. 
Okay. There were stairs involved. So 30 seconds. Yeah. I was trying to like think about my last time on a treadmill where I did like an all out sprint. 30 seconds. Let's say 20 20 to 30 seconds. We could do it, right? Like we could do it. Our body can do it. But could you do that for five minutes? No. Like, and so I think like, I, I kind of think about that aspect of it. Like when I think about sustainability, like, yeah, you could probably do it. But like, for how long could you do it before like your legs give out and your lungs give out and like all of that stuff? Um, So really trying to think about that piece of it. Yes, you can, but for how long? All right. Well, let's let's get into some takeaways. We've said a lot in this episode in these past two episodes. Takeaway number one, breaking up is challenging. Um, Knowing knowing when... (laughs) I'm laughing. Everything we say, everything we talk about is hard. Let's just have <laughs> the first takeaway of the every first takeaway is insert topic is hard. It's challenging. <laughs> and in this case, <laughs> knowing when to end a relationship is is not black or white. And then even once we've made the decision to end a relationship, it's still really challenging because there are so many factors that can influence us staying or leaving. Mm-hmm. And the reasons that you might be staying can or th- and there are so many reasons that you might be staying. Um so many that we've listed today, so many like we said that we probably missed um and that just because we have these reasons to stay doesn't mean that they should be the reasons that we stay, um, that these are barriers to why we are staying and there are ways to overcome these barriers. And I think also, like we were just talking about, if, if you, if you are, if you are confused, if you're still not sure, like there are, there are things to reflect on, to ask yourself, um, to help you think about this from a place that comes from both logic and, and emotion that can help you get to the best kind of decision for you, for yourself. And also to, to know that, um, like it all, it all depends on who you are, when you are, um, at a certain, at at any given point. And so know that like, it's important regardless of where, where you are in life to continue to be be asking yourself these questions um in order to figure out what what the right decision for you is right now in this in this point in life. Mm-hmm. And that about wraps us up for unhealthy relationships, at least for now, because like we said, we could probably continue to talk about this. Um, and we do have more to talk about with relationships, especially very soon. Um But before we wrap up today, we're going to end how we always end with one final question for each other. And we do this every time because it's really important to explore diverse and attainable and sustainable ways to practice self-care. We're going to ask each other what's on our self-care menu, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. So, Amy, what is on your self-care menu today? Well, I am feeling so much better about self-care Um, compared to when we last talked about it. And one of the things that I said I was going to do was to kind of like, almost like track my self-care. And I, and cause I, I was realizing that I wasn't necessarily giving myself credit 
for things that I was doing. And so I brought a lot more intentionality to my self-care, which made such a big difference. Um, and, and so I'm continuing to do that this week as kind of like a main course um, style thing. Um, but one thing, mm, I think it's, I think it's main course, um, but it kind of feels like a treat because it's been a while is that I have worked out the last couple of days and I have not been able to, to like work out and move my body in literally weeks. This is my first workout in weeks. Cause I've been sick and then just like not feeling like myself. And so that felt amazing. Um, and also like made me appreciate like my health <laughs> a lot more. Um, and so that also kind of felt like a treat to kind of be reminded of like, wow, my, my body like can do these really amazing things or like, and I, and I'm so grateful to be feeling so good. And I, I like, I'm having this like appreciation for my, my body and, and it's health right now. Um, and so that's also felt really nice. I guess I'm going totally out of order. But the other thing that I also wanted to say is that I've also been trying to just kind of like be a, be a lot more present and be a lot more like notice a lot more. And so as an appetizer, I guess th that's been showing up in appetizer-y ways. And so even on my way to work this morning, it was like 7 a.m. And um, I watched the sunrise like on my drive here and I like had turned my, like I was listening to a podcast. I turned it off. I just kind of like paid attention to the sky and the colors in the sky. And I literally like noticed my eyes like pricking up with tears because it was so beautiful. And I just felt like, again, so grateful to just see it, to notice that, that I probably would have missed it if I wasn't trying to be intentional about like just noticing more. So I don't know. I'm a little all over the place with my menu, but I'm feeling good. Long story yeah. short. Well, it sounds like a lot of treats and a lot of like, I think even the intentional one is like, that's like an entree for sure. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. something sustainable and mm -hmm. can stretch you up for a long period of time. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I guess, as you're saying that, like, I do feel like very nourished, like my, it's not like my workload has changed. It's not like my to-dos have lessened, um, but I feel, I just feel full, like in that sense. So I, so that's a sign to me that my, the self-care and the way that I'm engaging with it is working in a way that it hasn't worked in a while. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Very nice. How about you? Um, I was thinking about how I feel like I've reprioritized some different things when it comes to self-care. So like some things have kind of fallen off, but I'm okay with that right now because other things have been a little more consistent and like, and I'm really liking that. Like, um, this, this is like, this is a main course and it's kind of like a, in a collaboration because, um, my husband and I have both been working on trying to like, we don't have a dishwasher. So, <laughs> so keeping up with the dishes so that there's nothing in the sink ever. Um, and not just doing the laundry and putting it on the bed and then putting it on the bench, but doing the laundry and folding it and putting it away. Um, so those aren't like fun or anything, but the outcome is really nice and relieving. And, um, 
So we've both been doing that, which is really nice because I'm not, you know, it, it, it's so much nicer when like you have a self-care buddy and doing, doing the same kind of thing, um, like having the same goal. And um, then the other one is definitely a treat. I've been like leaning into some more alone time and like guilty pleasures and like, like what? Um, well, I'm caught up on, or I'm catching up on Love is Blind season three. Mm-hmm. So that, um, and just like giving myself a little more alone time, whether it's just like in bed in the morning or like have take, like taking my time, eating my breakfast or my lunch. Um, I'll call those treats. Mm-hmm. Did you in giving yourself more alone time, is that something that you had to set different boundaries around? Like even, like even with yourself, like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and take a longer time to eat breakfast. Or was that something that you needed to communicate or how did that work out? Yeah. I mean, um, I think I've just been more regimented about and, and more intentional about like the time that I do, let's say like start work or like start doing some other task that like, I, I I will just like set up a time frame for myself of like, okay, well, I'm not starting until this time. And, um, so it is like kind, kind of like a little boundary I set. Um, yeah. Cool. That's great. It's awesome. And I love, I love the self-care buddy aspect of it. And it is such a great feeling to have, like to clear the decks of like, whether it's like dishes in the sink or like Mm -hmm. putting the clothes away. Oh my God. So hard. Right. Well, and it's something where like, I have to just like, I I want it to be sustainable. So I'm trying not to jump at like, okay, well now the dishes are good. So like now the countertops and the stove and, oh, let me clean out my drawers and donate all these clothes that I don't wear anymore. Like I'm trying to just be like, oh, hang on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just sustain this for a little bit and do this because this is great. And when I'm ready, when when this is like, I guess like more of like a habit and um, then, then I can kind of invite the other one in. Mm-hmm. Um, or like when I do have more time, then okay, I can, I can devote some time to those other things, but like trying not to, overwhelm myself. Like, like mm-hmm. I said, in another episode uh, with the holiday break, like I like to just kind of like go all in and be like, Oh my God, I can do all these things, but like slow down and just mm-hmm. be like, chill. It's cool. If you don't. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not going kind of like all, all or nothing around, mm-hmm. around it, I think is cool. And yeah, you mentioned some like habit building that you're doing. And that could be fun to talk about. Ah, yes, <laughs> we we are. We will soon next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. So you can you can talk to us more about how your your thoughts around kind of like that ha- building that habit and and others. Yeah. Next episode. Cool. That's gonna be a good one. Okay, so that that's all from us today. Um, thank you for sticking with us for following along um, again for for your reviews for your follows we really really appreciate 
it so much. Um, you can continue to follow along with us um, by subscribing and following us on our YouTube channel, Revive Center for Wellness. You can follow Revive on Instagram at ReviveCFW, on our website at ReviveCFW.com. Um, you can follow Catherine at Catherine Van Eyck on Instagram and me at Amy Albero LCSW. And you can also email us at wishingyouwell at revivecfw.com for any feedback, uh, suggestions, topic ideas. We'd love to hear from you, but thank you so much for being here and we'll see you all next time. Wishing you well. Bye.